Well, I want to begin by uh, welcoming you to First Methodist Mansfield. My name is David, and I serve as the senior pastor here. And whether you're here in the chapel for the well or upstairs in the loft for the well cafe, we're delighted to have you, especially if this is your first time here with us. If you are a first-time guest, I'd love for you to stop by the Connecting Point, which is located just outside your worship space. We not only have some more information for you, but also a gift for you. And uh, we're excited that you're here on this uh, Memorial Day weekend as we, as we mark that together. Um, right as this service was beginning down here in the chapel, I uh, kind of moseyed upstairs. I always like to just see who's upstairs worshiping the Well Cafe, because every once in a while, I won't see someone for a while, and they tell me, oh yeah, I've been in the cafe. And I just like to go, you know, take attendance just to make sure they're, they're actually telling me the truth. So if you're up in the cafe, I've seen you. Glad that you're here uh, today. Um, I want to mention something that's coming up um, this Friday night. We're having family night at Hawaiian Falls uh, Water Park here in Mansfield. And I know for some of you, when you think about that, the idea of getting wet doesn't sound that appealing to you at this point. You know, you've, you've been wet for, for many weeks now. It feels like it's been raining for months. Uh, but we are excited about that night. Uh, we will have the park. Uh, just for our church. Uh, tickets for that are $13. You can uh, purchase those at the Connecting Point. Uh, you can also purchase those uh, on our website. And just in case it doesn't stop raining uh, on Friday, uh, know that those tickets will be good for, for any time you'd like to come back to the water park uh, this summer. But again, we hope you'll, you'll be there Friday night. We hope the weather's great for us Friday night uh, for that event. We're also going to have a baptism service at the end of that. So if you're are at that point where you're thinking about being baptized and beginning your journey of faith, would love to do that. Just let us know. Uh, we'd love to share that moment with you. Again, today we're marking the Memorial Day weekend, and I'm glad that you're here because I think you're going to be blessed by what we're going to share with you. I want to just set up today's message by asking you to do a few things. The first thing I want to ask you to do is if you have your Bible, turn to John chapter 15. Uh, if you did not bring a Bible today, uh, in the seat in front of you here in the chapel, and we also have Bibles upstairs in the loft, you can find uh, one of the blue Bibles that we have provided for you. If you are using one of those Bibles, you will see the page number of John chapter 15 on the screen uh, where you can find that. I'm going to read that to you in just a moment, uh, but as you're turning there, would you also find the bulletin that you received when you came in and some sort of writing utensil. If you need to, just draw some blood on your finger. And I just want you to write down a few words uh, that are going to guide us in our message today. Uh, these are words that for me, I, I will just say, uh, Tuesday morning at 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and these four words were just in my mind. And I wrote them down and I want to share them with you uh, today. The words are remember, reflect, grow, and serve. Remember, reflect, grow, and serve. And those are the four words that we're going to talk about in our time today. The four words that I hope that you will carry with you for the rest of today and into tomorrow as we mark Memorial Day together. And as you think about those four words, uh, hear these words from John chapter 15, beginning with verse 9. Jesus says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. So today I want you to hear those words from Jesus. I want you to think about those four words that I share with you, remember, reflect, grow, and serve, as we now share with you some stories from seven veterans in our church as they share with you not only their experiences of serving our country, but also their thoughts as we approach this Memorial Day. Let's see that video now. Dear Madam, I have been shown in the files of the War Department a statement of the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously on the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any word of mine which should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering you the consolation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage the anguish of your bereavement and leave you the only cherished memory of the loved and lost, and the solemn pride that must be yours to have laid so costly a sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very sincerely and respectfully, A. Lincoln. Our division was 15,000 troops, and we had 20,000 casualties. <laughs> so uh, we lost a lot of them, a lot of troops. In basic, they teach you that death is, it's kind of like that to die in service of your country is the best way to die. Back then, that's how they used to say it. Well, military, same way. If I died for my country, if I died for my family and stuff, it's, I'm okay with it. I've always been okay with it. And when I came back, I wasn't there. It was the parents of the soldiers and Marines and Native personnel that got killed. They were, the parents were the heroes, not me. It's bound to hit extremely hard and, and feel certainly at times was this really necessary you know i mean they probably thought that that i had to give up my child for this you know uh but on the other hand i think more of them just accepted it because they were not alone i mean everybody lost people all families, almost all of them, lost somebody. We lost in the Korean War uh, between uh, actual killed, and the killed actually was in the neighborhood of uh, 37,000 people. And we had missing somewhere around between four and 5,000 people. 
And I, if I remember the numbers, something like 104,000 people were wounded. When they opened the door of your plane when you landed at Thompson at Air Force Base in, in Saigon, uh, the smell was the first thing that hit you. And then you look out the window, the first thing you saw was body bags being put into the airplane as you're getting off. Well, with the 101st, we were dropped off in the jungle. We worked primarily through in heavy, heavily jungled areas uh, up in the mountains near Cambodia. Uh, we were on what they call search and destroy missions. Uh, we landed, uh, got off of the landing craft, right up to my neck in water, and then hit the beach, and uh, uh, there were bodies everywhere, everywhere, just scattered. And of course, the worst fire uh, was the machine guns and the uh, bombs and the coming from overhead and the uh, artillery shells that would be coming in. For the troops that were there that first year, it would, believe me, it was not a picnic for those people at all. Well, we start hearing explosions on the outside. We start hearing the flares going off and stuff. Boom, boom. We're seeing flashing light coming from the one window up front and stuff. And boom. Or we get laser sighted coming into Balad, and then they take a combat landing, and we get in there. And as soon as we land, we started getting mortared. Like, the whole base just started getting mortared. We ran straight off the plane, grabbed our crap, ran straight for a bunker, and I spent the first 30 minutes of my life in Iraq in a bunker. When we'd fly into uh, Afghanistan, like I said, the east side of Afghanistan, right on the Pakistani border, that's one of the worst places you could be. Uh, we'd go in there quite often and we'd fly uh, guys out. A lot of times it was special forces, sometimes it was just uh, just army guys doing their job on the ground. And every time, once we'd get in the air and we'd get out of harm's way, I'd go back and I'd talk to the guys. And I'd say, what was it like? And you know, they'd kind of describe it, say it wasn't much fun. And I'd say, well, are you glad you're leaving? And Every time, not a single person said, yes, I'm glad I'm leaving. Every single one of them said, I got my buddies back there, and I got a job to do, and I want to go back and finish it. It changes you. It changes you a lot. I guess it can't help you. You, uh... <laughs> Sorry. You, you lose friends. You lose guys that you slept next with and, and talked with, ate with. Those experiences of, of actually having other members of your unit that, you, that have been killed and you're right there with them, uh, it's, it's a very difficult thing, very difficult. Yeah. I had a really tough day losing friends of mine. I won't go through the story, it's really bad, but yeah. Losing, uh, I lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of friends over there. You meet people you may lose, you may, I mean, I may meet you today and you die tomorrow. For my own people, uh, there are two individuals in particular. One was a good friend of mine. I remember him. Uh, and every Memorial Day, I send 
an email to his church to let him know he was praying. I lost several people. The one I remember most was Staff Sergeant Ernest Kelly. He was my platoon sergeant. He taught me how to be a platoon leader. He was married with five children. And uh, one day we were ambushed and he lost his life. I, I'll never forget him. Again, every Memorial Day, I post something. There's a website for him and I post something so that if he has any family that looks at it, they know that he is not forgotten. Memorial Day means so much more uh, because it honors those brothers who gave the ultimate. Just to me, you know, it, it, it's an honor uh, to have somebody say thank you for your service. But I'm a, I'm a little bit taken back by it because really I, I looked at it as I was just doing my part to make sure my family was safe. You know, I, I don't need a Veterans Day or a Memorial Day to remember. <laughs> remember is the easy part. It's the forgetting is difficult. But I don't need those days. I remember every day. But I do appreciate the fact that our country does celebrate those days. And when I see people come up, sometimes somebody will come up to me when I may have something on that indicates that I'm a veteran. And they say, thank you. It's almost a little embarrassing, but I appreciate that. express our thanks to Elmer and Tom, John, Jack, Roland, Al, and Dave, all people who are connected to our church who have shared with us uh, their stories for not only Veterans Day, but also uh, for Memorial Day. Remember, reflect, grow, and serve. Jesus said, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, I don't know how much time you have spent reading this book. I would imagine that some of you here today have, have spent a significant amount of time invested in the study of, of the Bible. Uh, some of you may be brand new to that. You may be here and you're still trying to figure out, well, what, is that, what are these words written so long ago? What do they mean to, to my life today? But whether you have spent an extensive amount of time reading this book or whether that time has been more minimal... I, I'm guessing that all of us can agree on one thing about this, this book, is that at times it can be confusing. Like if you've ever spent time really investing in, in reading or just picked it up and, you know, started from the beginning, it made sense till about, you know, page here. You know, you got to Leviticus and all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on. This can at times be a confusing book, right? Uh, and part of what makes it confusing is it's not just one book. It's a collection of 66 books written over a span of a, a great span of time. But it tells, at least this is how I would describe it, it tells an unfolding story of a God who loves the world 
and seeks to set the world right again. And if you invest in the study of this book, here's what I'm going to suggest to you will happen. Over the course of time, there will be several key themes that you'll begin to see as you read from page one to the last page, in the first book to the very last book, you will see some key themes emerge that you find not only in the Old Testament, but you also find in the New Testament. I'm not going to talk about all of those today, but there is one in particular that I think has great meaning for us as we think about Memorial Day. And that is from the first page to the last page throughout these scriptures, there is this emphasis that we need to remember where we have come from. You find that throughout the scriptures. If you, if you turn to the Old Testament, you find Moses delivering the people from slavery in Egypt. You've at least seen the movie, right? You, you know what happens there. You may not know that one of the traditions that developed after that was the tradition of Passover, a meal that reenacted that experience, a meal that Jews celebrated on an annual basis, and the purpose of it was to practice remembrance, for them to look into their past and to remember what God had done for their ancestors, and in doing so, to remember for the sake of knowing where they needed to go. And so if you've ever participated in a Passover or Seder meal, you may not have ever done this. We, we, we do it every once in a while around Holy Week time. But if you've ever participated, there is one particular aspect of that meal that I bet you remember. And that is that during the Passover meal, one of the things that you eat is horseradish. How many of y'all, I mean, y'all just big horseradish fans. Like now that I said it, you're going to the store and you're getting horseradish for lunch, Right. There's probably not many of you. There's a few that are, that are kind of weird. But horseradish does not taste good for, for most of us. It was, it's a bitter-tasting food. And the purpose of eating horseradish in the context of the Passover meal or the Seder meal is to remember the bitterness of slavery that your ancestors were a part of. And so as you move through the Passover meal, it's all about reenacting that experience for the sake of remembering where you have come from and what God has done in the past. Now, when we get to the Gospels and Jesus prepares to share a final meal with his disciples, guess what meal it is? It's the Passover meal. That's what he has come to Jerusalem for. And the scripture that I just read to you from John chapter 15 are words that Jesus said, shares with his disciples on that final night as he's about to share this sacred and holy meal, a remembrance of what God had done back then. And what does Jesus do that night? He takes this sacred meal and he gives it new meaning. He takes the bread and he breaks the bread and he says to his disciples, this is my body broken for you. He takes the cup and the wine and he says, this cup, this, this juice now represents my blood shed for you. And then he says to them, as often as you drink of this, remember me. So all throughout the scriptures, there's this reminder that remembrance is essential to the life of faith. It is important that we pause and we remember. And in the scriptures, you see people of faith developing practices that continually point them back 
to these moments that anchor them and remind them who they are and where they are supposed to go. And many of these practices we still continue today. In our church, we celebrate Holy Communion, the Last Supper. What is that for us? It is the remembrance of this moment in the life of Jesus. It's a remembrance of his body broken and his blood shed. We do it to reenact that sacred meal in order to remember for ourselves. But here's what I want you to think about today as we approach Memorial Day, that the act of remembrance isn't worth much unless it is coupled with an intention to reflect on the meaning of what you are remembering. If you're here in a few weeks when we take Holy Communion, here's what you may not know. The bread and the juice, we buy them from Walmart. There's nothing special about them. It's the Hawaiian bread at Walmart. In fact, I said that last night, and we had some teenagers who were here, which is really great to see teenagers in, in, in service. They come up to me afterwards. They said, where can we get that bread? Where is it in Walmart? Because they like the Hawaiian bread. It's Welch's grape juice. There's nothing special. There's nothing special about those elements until we connect them with flesh and blood. And in receiving them, we are reminded of love and grace and life. The remembrance is, is important. The practice is important. But the remembrance only takes on the meaning that it should when we reflect on the meaning of what we are seeking to remember. So we remember and we reflect and then we, we come to those last two words. We grow and we serve. We, we recognize that throughout the scriptures, the reason that people of faith are invited to remember and to reflect on the meaning of what you are remembering is so that you might grow and that you may be reminded that you also are called to serve as you have been served. So what does Memorial Day mean? Is it just a day to hang a flag, to, to wear some red, white, and blue? Is it a day for family members to visit graves, to share flowers, and to remember those who have been lost? Is it just a day that we honor the dead? Or is it a day that in honoring the dead, in remembering their sacrifice, is it a day where there is also a word for the living, for those of us here who remember the sacrifice that has been made, but reflect on the meaning of that so that we might grow and perhaps consider how, how might we might be called to serve. Let me share with you three thoughts about Memorial Day. The first is this, our lives are built on the sacrifice of others. That's, that's a very obvious statement, but don't we forget that? So often we forget in the midst of the busyness of our life, those things that go well and those things that don't go well, we forget that every moment of our life has been fueled and provided for us by the sacrifice of somebody else. So I don't know what the first thing you did when you woke up this morning or what the first thing that you thought in your mind when you woke up this morning, but I'll just confess to you what mine was. So my wife and, and two kids, they're out of town. They're at, uh, uh, her uncle and aunt have a ranch in Gulfwade, and so the kids are shooting bows and arrows and fishing and having a, a great time. And my job here at home is to do my job here and also keep the house clean. Okay, that's kind of what, what I'm, I'm in, in charge of. So when I woke up first thing in the morning and I looked in the backyard and I saw, oh, it's still flooded. You know, there's just rain everywhere and it's still raining. And I considered the idea that the dog 
dog needed to go out to take care of his business first thing in the morning. All I could think about was, this darn rain just won't go away. The dog's going to go out. He's going to get his feet wet. He's going to get mud in the house. I'm going to get in trouble. That was the attitude of my heart this morning. Complaining. When will the rain stop? Maybe some of you thought something similar. It's okay, you don't have to confess, but that was my first thought this morning. And here's what I want you to think about. Even in those moments when we can do nothing but complain about the state of our life, that moment was made available to us because someone else sacrificed for us. Sure, we think about that when, when things are going well, but even in those moments when all we can think is, boy, just, life just isn't going the way I want it to, that moment itself was made possible because somebody else sacrificed for us. Someone poured their life into us. Someone gave to us. Someone who we remember, who we celebrate, someone who may have, have, have passed on or someone who may be a part of our life today and many people whose names we will never know and whose stories we will never hear. Our lives, the good times, the bad times, every single moment of our life is built on the sacrifice of others who have come before us. Here's the second thing, and this is where Jesus pushes us, that life is found at the point of sacrifice. Jesus says it this way, everyone who wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. The greatest temptation that you and I face is this, that we will build a life that is only about our hopes and our dreams, and our needs, and our fears. That that would be the life that we would build. It would just be about us. And we might paraphrase, paraphrase Jesus in this way, in saying this, that the easiest way to waste your life is to make it all about you. That's the easiest way just to waste the days that you have been given to make your life all about you. Jesus says greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends, that love is actually found and love flourishes at the point where we grow in our willingness to sacrifice for others. Let me give you one practical example of this. No mother or father has ever come to my office and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you because I feel like I'm falling out of love with my children. No one's ever said that. Now, they may have said, I'm very frustrated with my children. I feel like killing my children at times. But no one walks into the office and says, you know what? I need some counseling because I feel like I've fallen out of love with my kids. You know why that never happens? Because moms and dads never stop sacrificing for their kids. Have you recognized that? Like, it's, it's a constant barrage of that, right? It's a constant, consistent a life of sacrificing for the sake of their kids. But you know what I hear moms and dads saying all the time? I've fallen out of love with my wife or my husband. Why? Because we stop sacrificing for one another. And love is found. And life is found at that place where we sacrifice, where we give, and where we serve. And we recognize that our life is not about us. It's about something so much bigger than us. And connecting our life to that thing that is beyond ourselves. Here's the last thing. If my life is built on the lives of others, it means others will be building their life on mine. If you today, as you hear the reflections of Elmer and Tom and John, Al and Dave and Roland and Jack, as you hear their reflections, if there is something within your heart that is stirred, 
If you feel yourself being inspired by the, by the stories of those who have served our country, who have been there with a buddy who has lost their life, if there is something within you that, that stirs as you think about their service and their sacrifice, and you find yourself remembering that your life is built on that, it is fueled by that, it is funded by that, here's what I want you to think about. Don't miss this as we think about Memorial Day. Just as you are building your lives on others, there are others who are building their life on you. And we need to be reminded of that at times. Whether it's a son or a daughter, a family member or a close friend, all of us have people who look to us in the same way that we have looked to others. And the gift that we have received from others is a sacred and precious gift. That Jesus says, this gift that I give you, you've got to give it away to others. That's the command of Jesus. That's the command of Jesus. As I have loved you, so you must love others. So here's what I want to invite you to do this Memorial Day. Sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours, I want you to spend some time thinking about two names. I want you to think about the name of someone who has sacrificed for you. Someone who you might be able to say thank you to, whether it's a note or just a word. Someone who you could say, thank you for sacrificing for me, reminding them of what they have given to you. Or if it is someone who has already passed away, that you would just spend at least a moment in prayer over the next 24 to 48 hours saying, thank you God for the way that I have experienced you in the life of this person, the way that they gave to me. And the other name I want you to think about is I want you to think about someone who may be looking to you. Again, it may be a child. It may be a close family member. It may be a friend. Someone who might be looking to you. And our prayer today is simply going to be this. Lord, the blessings that you have poured into our life help us to be faithful, to share those blessings with others who are looking to us. And with that, will you join me in a time of prayer? Lord Jesus, we ask for your forgiveness today for the many, many times that we all take for granted the precious gift of life you share with us. Even this moment right now, Lord, this opportunity to gather with family and friends, to remember inspiring stories, to think about all those who have served and all those who have lost their lives in service to this country and to, and to the families of this nation. We thank you for this moment that you have made possible only by your grace and only by the life that you have given to us. We thank you for that, Lord, in, in moments when, when things are going well and also in moments, Lord, when things are not going well. Thank you for giving us the gift of life, for pouring into us your love and grace and for the way, Lord, that we have experienced that gift in the lives of those who you have blessed us with. As we think about them, Lord, and as we name them before you, we at the same time pray that you would give us the courage and the wisdom. You would direct our lives in such a way that we would build a foundation for others. That you would give us the character. You would give us the grace, Lord, that we would share with others as others have so freely and graciously shared with us. 
Teach us this weekend, Lord, to be a grateful, grateful people for all that you have done. We pray each of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.